time for another piano puzzler. Bruce Adolph is here with me in the Mod Moon Warehouser Music Studio. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Fred. Every week, Bruce rewrites a familiar tune in the style of a great composer. We get one of our listeners on the phone who tries to name the hidden tune and the composer whose style Bruce is mimicking. Alison Toltz is on the phone from Montreal. Alison, welcome to the Piano Puzzler. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, very very glad to have you. Alison, what's your musical background? I've been playing the cello for 20 years, but I'm currently a student studying physics and pursuing my PhD at McGill University. Have you ever combined the music and the physics? I've considered it, but um, I did a concurrent Bachelor of Music and Bachelor of Engineering Physics in undergrad, and it was very extreme to try to combine those two disciplines at one time, so I ended up pursuing just physics after that. We're about to study this piano puzzler that Bruce has concocted for you. We'll see if you can name the hidden tune and the composer whose style Bruce is imitating. Allison, I don't know what's coming either, so if you happen to get stuck, you and I can brainstorm on this together, okay? Okay, sounds good. Okay, here's Bruce Adolph with your piano puzzler. Allison, what do you think? Well, I'm a little lost as to what the melody might be. I'm pretty sure it's an impressionistic something, maybe Debussy or Ravel or Chopin, somebody like that. Well, you're definitely in the right ballpark. And it's not one of those people, but the lifetime, the country, those are correct. Hmm. Um, So a French composer? A French composer, 19th century, but lived into the 20th century, Mm. as did several of the people you mentioned. Late 1800s, early 1900s? Yeah, and I think, you know, what occurred to you first were the biggest names. Now, this is also a really big name, but somehow, because of Ravel and Debussy, we sometimes don't think of this other person as very, very significant. In fact, was even a teacher of one of those two. Wow. And this, this is quoting from a famous piece, but of course, that doesn't mean everybody knows it, but this texture... In a way, this this composer was not ever called an impressionist. 
And the word Impressionism is complicated in any way because Debussy hated the word. And <laughs> once in a while he liked it, but usually he didn't like it. And he thought he was a symbolist, although he called himself a symboliste because he spoke French. <laughs> so this is somebody who was a teacher. Of- Among other things, but a teacher of one of those two. Uh-huh. And it was also actually in some ways more than that because he was also, should I say, the head of the Conservatoire de Paris, even when Edgar Varese was a student there. Wow, so he taught for a long time. Well, and yeah, he he did. And he was the head of it, and he was an extremely important figure for for all these people, even those who rebelled against him. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I don't know. Allison, do you have any guesses at this point, or do you want to hear it again? Um, Yeah, I think I'd like to hear it again, if that's possible. Sure. So, Allison, you've already narrowed it down to the right country, uh, the right era. Any further thoughts about the compo- who the composer might be that Bruce is imitating? Possibly Georges Bizet. Uh, well, that's also not a bad choice. I mean, now, it's interesting. All these French contemporaries, they did have stylistic overlap. Mm-hmm. Even somebody as extraordinary and very different from everyone in the world as Debussy did have a lot of overlap harmonically with this person and, of course, Ravel. This is like the daddy figure. He's like the Copeland of hmm. France of that time. Allison, you said you played the cello. There, there's a, a piece that this guy wrote for cello and piano, or at least that is played on cello and piano. It's actually a song. A song. It's played on the cello and piano a lot. But he wrote a lot of chamber music for um, strings with piano, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Two court piano quartets, two piano quintets. Was his first name Gabriel? It was. Ah, uh, Foray. Ah, uh, yes. Foray. <laughs> He's lurking in the back of your mind. Gabriel yeah. Foray. Oui, Foray. And Bruce, he said this was a quote from a particular piece by this, Foray. Yeah, this uses the a lot of the harmonic palette and the exact... This is the opening of the piano quintet in D minor, which he wrote in 1905. And uh, it was the same year that he became... Actually, it took him several years to write this. He kept rewriting it. The same year that he became director of the Conservatoire. And the way the tune comes in and the way the chords that I've used are very foray. You know, he, he used harmony in a very distinctive way, which is everything was open to him without changing key. 
which you can probably tell, it's almost like flirting with every key, but that all comes back. We still haven't figured out the tune that's hidden in the style of foray. You're right, Fred. We haven't done that yet. <laughs> we better watch out. My, my sense was that it came, there's the, the, the flowing up and down pattern, and separately, there's a little melody. The melody is floating on top. Floating on top, okay. It's there. Now, the only thing that makes this melody tricky, assuming one knows the tune, is that many of the harmonies are not the harmonies one associates with the melody. So it's like it's wearing clothes that you would never expect it to wear, basically. When the living is easy... I get it now. It's it's Gershwin. It's summertime and the living is easy. Summertime. George Gershwin's summertime. Wow. Totally in a total different sound world. That's in, right. In the foray world there. Yeah. You know, it's funny because Gershwin loved French music, obviously, and he was very influenced by Ravel and Debussy, but it he was influenced by foray without realizing it because he just had to be. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, I, you have this crestfallen tone in your voice, but you instantly took us to that uh, world, the, the yeah. time, the time, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, and the country of France. So you were right there. Yeah. You, you recognize that sound. Oh, right. Well, it was really beautiful, too. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Summertime in the style of Gabrielle Fauré, this week's Piano Puzzler. Allison, how do you hear Piano Puzzlers? I actually listen through the internet to Vermont Public Radio from Montreal. Oh, oh. nice. Vermont Public Radio. Not all that far from Montreal, far. as a matter of fact. Allison Toltz calling us from uh, Montreal. So nice having you playing the Piano Puzzler this week. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for having me. And Bruce, I'll see you next week. Bye, Fred. Thanks to my friend Bruce for this week's Piano Puzzler. And you know, I have learned so much about composers from doing these with Bruce. If you're curious to learn even more about the composers Bruce is imitating... I recommend you check out Composer's Datebook. It's a podcast from my friend John Burge. Every day, John gives you a quick, memorable snapshot of a composer, past or present. It's kind of like your vocabulary word of the day, but an interesting tidbit of music trivia. Look for Composer's Datebook wherever you get your podcasts.